Hello and welcome back to Tabbing Into Crypto. So now that most of you are doing your own research, you may have found a couple of projects that sound amazing but aren't available on your usual exchanges just yet. Enter the world of DeFi, which stands for Decentralized Finance. Today during the episode, we focus mostly on decentralized exchanges and purchasing altcoins. But the world of DeFi is so much more than that, and it's something that we'll go more in depth with over the next few months. Today's guest is Brandy Bath, who works at SwiftX. Now, Brandy has had some huge wins in the DeFi space and talks us through how he turned 2K into $210,000 in under seven months. He explains what rug pulls, shilling, and honeypots mean and how to avoid them. We deep dive into how to purchase your altcoins and what research you should be doing first here to protect yourself and make sure that you don't lose it all or invest in the wrong project, which is extremely easy to do. Now, something that we love seeing is when you get value out of this podcast. We do all of this for you guys, and it means the absolute world to us if you leave a review or screenshot the episode that you're listening to and share it with us on social media, tagging at Tabbing Into Crypto. So if you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious, I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and this is Tapping Into Crypto. Welcome to the podcast, Brandy Bath. It is so good to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes. <gasps> me too. We are chatting about something very exciting today, which is DeFi, which we've had lots of requests for. It is a topic that everyone wants to know mm-hmm. about for good reasons. Yeah. So uh, before we dive in, you work at SwiftX. What do you do here? Yes. So I've been working at SwiftX for about eight months now. Uh, I work in the customer service team doing compliance and verification as well. So I'm usually on the live chats and sometimes I might call you up to say, hey, how are you going? You know, I need to make yeah. sure that you're the person on the account. So um, I just help people out with their queries and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Keeping us all safe. Yeah, definitely from scams and rugs, which we'll get into oh, later. Yeah, yeah, we will. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And so for you, the question that we ask everyone to the podcast is what was your very first crypto purchase? Oh, okay. So this is a funny story. So back in 2013, um, my friend came to me and he was like, there's this thing called Doge. And I was like, what is this? It looks it just like a meme. There was a little picture of a, a dog. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. Apparently some guy sold all his Doge for a Honda. And I was like, what? And so I put in $20 and I downloaded something and I thought it was a game. Uh, I downloaded it onto my school laptop and I'm like, well, I can't even open it. It doesn't even work. So I deleted it. And later I found out that it was the wallet that I deleted and the the Dogecoin at the peak was around 2.5K. So 20 bucks into 2.5K. Not bad. Wow. Not yeah. bad at all. That is hilarious. And so did you ever get it back? Never. No, I had to give back the school laptops. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, guys, I want to come back. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll buy it off you. <laughs> that guy with the Honda, I have seen him in a couple mm. of Facebook groups. And now it's that story of regret because, yeah, he's got a cool car, mm. but it would have been like, what, $40 million yeah. or something like yeah. that if have he you hung he- on to it. Have you heard about the Bitcoin pizza guy? Oh, yeah. yeah that is just a such a sad one. story. Yeah, bought oh. some pizza with his Bitcoin and now... I hope it tasted really good. <laughs> it better be. Well, it's most expensive pizza. Tastes like regret now. Oh, my God. So we are here today to chat about all things DeFi. Now, if someone hasn't heard the word DeFi, what does it stand for? So DeFi stands for decentralized finance. It's a blockchain form of finance that does not rely on any central intermediary like an exchange or a bank or a brokerage to offer financial instruments and instead utilizes smart contracts, most commonly on the Ethereum blockchain. 
Um, so DeFi is like for me and I guess how I've been operating with it is essentially bringing my cryptocurrency outside of the platform. And the good thing about it is I can venture off into like, you know how people say, oh, how do I get into the token before it blows up? Or how do I get it onto the token before it goes into an exchange? Yeah. Um, so DeFi is essentially what that is. You take your cryptocurrency out of the exchange and then into that world of decentralized finance where there's no one watching what you're buying. But then it's great because you can get into good things and make a lot of money, but it's also bad because you can get scammed. And like, you know, you can put your money into something like the Squid Games, like uh, Pav's work in, in, in the other yes. podcasts. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was just awful. And I do want to dive into that and why that actually happened, because that's really interesting. <laughs> but yeah, DeFi, as you mentioned, it does have some really cool benefits. But as always, we are never providing financial advice here. We want you all to do your own research and especially on this one. There are some huge pros, but it is pretty risky because as we've spoken about on the podcast before, to mm. get a project listed on SwiftX or any exchange, there is a huge verification process and so much research that goes in. And when you're venturing outside of that, I guess, more secure space, there are things like no one's controlling. It's not regulated. And there are people who just have their own best interests at heart. So Mm. before we dive any further, definitely please keep that in mind Mm -hmm. because you will thank yourself for it. And um, always do your research before you're investing. For sure. For sure. I definitely do a ton of extra research, especially in the outside space. Um, into the coins I'm investing into. There's a lot of scams out there, guys, a lot of honeypots, a lot of rug pulls that you might have seen. Um, And yeah. Yeah. So before we dive into, you know, how to do it, let's talk about some of those things because they are, you know, really scary things that do happen in this space actually very often. We mentioned Squid Games. Let's chat about honeypots because it's a really good segue into the two of them. Yeah. So honeypots is one of these um, methods of scams that actually happen a lot in cryptocurrency, especially if you venture off into the Binance smart chain and as well as the Ethereum blockchain and stuff like that. Um, So honeypots are essentially like you see a graph and it's green and it's like, Everyone's buying and it looks great. You might see a little bit of red and you're like, hey, I'm going to get into this early. It's just, it's just going up. No one wants to sell. It looks great. So you put in some money and, you know, no one is selling and the price does go up. But then what you see is, you know, it's later. You can't withdraw. You can't actually sell your tokens. And then so what's actually happened is the developer has put in something in the code that only certain whitelisted addresses can sell which are generally the developers. Oh and so God. what actually happens is as people are buying this token, the developer's like, yeah, let's go. It's going up. And then developer is the one that can sell. Everyone else has just put their money or their hand into the honeypot and can't take it out. That is insane. And so how can you catch this? Like, do you have to go to the level of being able to trace the wallets that are selling or reading the code? Like, how could you pick this? Uh, I think it just comes with, I guess, like uh, trial and error. It's nothing that you can stop. Like, I mean, a lot of people fell for the Squid Games one. I've personally fallen for a few as well. It cost me thousands of dollars. But I think with experience, you can kind of tell based off like the community, what the token does, whether they have a website, white paper, Twitter, Telegram, Discord, all these social media channels where there is a live active community discussing things. Yeah. If, if some people are like, oh, hey, I can't withdraw. Okay, that's already a red flag. And so I think you can get to the point where you look into the contracts and stuff. There's applications online. For one example, rugscreen.com. Yes. You can copy and paste the, the code or the contract for the token address. And then it'll do a run to see how ruggable or how much of a scam it is. And so there's different things. But um, I think as you traverse this kind of spaces, you'll gain experience and knowledge on knowing what's a honeypot, what's real, what's fake. Yeah. And we do see people either tend to take two approaches here. Mm. It's either doing a lot of research before they go in or putting money in that they can afford to lose. 
course, yes. Which is not the best strategy, but <laughs> hey, if you're not going to do your research, you have to be prepared to lose that money. Right. So, yeah. okay, cool. And so what about rug pulls then? Because that's something that's really active in the community. You hear lots of people talking about it. How do they differ? Wow. Okay. So rug pulls are more of, um, this is something where everyone can sell in this one, but the issue is people don't really look into how many tokens the developers or the largest wallet holders have. So you might buy into a project, looks great, the token goes up, you can sell it, but then all of a sudden there's a huge sell-off and it could be from multiple wallets or just one person. And then you realize later, oh, that person had literally like 70% of all the circulating tokens of that actual cryptocurrency. And so you're like, oh, okay, so this guy pulled the rug from under us. That's what happened. So you gotta be careful, especially when you're looking at new tokens, to see how much of the supply is spread out through the team, um, other wallets, and um, you know, you want to make sure your bag is kind of sizable and healthy, not to be greatly affected by other people pulling the rug on you. And where can you find that information? Um, you can generally find it on the explorer of the blockchain. So, for example, with Binance Smart Chain, you'll be looking on the at bsescan.com. So you can look at the supply, the wallet holders, the transactions that happen on the token. And then there's like uh, etherscan.com as well. Mm -hmm. And these are just for examples of the explorers. You want to go to the explorers of the blockchains. So you can look at the tokens, you can look at the holders and all the information about it. Amazing. And this Mm. is all, I guess, risk mitigation. Like Mm. it's just making sure that when you are investing into these, you're making sure there's, you know, of course, not these scams going on behind the scene. Is there anything else that happens in the space regularly of DeFi? Yeah. So um, shilling actually happens a lot. And I think Dustin touched on this as well. Shilling is essentially when someone wants to promote their token that they're in so that other people can buy into it and then the person that's promoting gets their value of tokens increase. And so I guess shilling is also healthy, but it's also not healthy at times because if there is a real project with a real community and it actually does do stuff, obviously you want people to know about it. Genuine shilling, promoting the the token to their friends or to their family or whoever actually helps bolster the community and improves you know, the crypto space overall, I mean, if you guys are promoting more and more legitimate tokens, it's overall better for the entire cryptocurrency community, right? Yeah. So in that case, shilling is great. In some other cases where shilling like Squid Games and you're one of the developers and you're trying to shill it off, that's bad for you grateful developer. So you got to be careful of those ones. Yeah. And always, I guess, when you're seeing people chat in Facebook or Discord or some other platform, just having that thought in the back of your mind of why are they pushing this? Like, do they really want me to succeed? Mm. Like, is that what this is about? Or is it just to push their own agenda, which most of the time it is? Yeah. So one thing that is deceiving on these social media and I guess public forums like Reddit and Twitter Mm -hmm. is that there's bots. For example, there could be a post on crypto moonshots. It's a very common cryptocurrency Reddit post. Every time there's a post um, where someone would promote or shield their product or their token, a ton of bots that look like real people would come and comment and say, hey, this is a great token. I love this. And to you, you're like, oh, wow, people actually love it. But you don't really know that they're bots until later. You're like, hey, I just got rugged. And then you realize, hey, I did my research. I looked at the wallet holders. It looked all legit. But why did I still get rugged? And you're like, oh, so the community could be fake. And so you got to be careful. Facebook posts, Reddit, Twitter, all those social medias, they still could be fake from these fake kind of people. hundred percent. And so now we've given you a good background into what you need to be careful of and what you need to look out for when you are venturing into this space of DeFi. Where can people buy it? Like, obviously we know how to purchase on an exchange. 
DeFi, there is no exchange. That's the whole point mm. of it. So where do people go to purchase new assets? Great. So first of all, you have to buy cryptocurrency from a centralized exchange like SwiftX. And then once you've got that, you need to withdraw your cryptocurrency. Now, there's a difference between a cryptocurrency and a token. Mm-hmm. A cryptocurrency is what you use to buy tokens on that specific blockchain. Uh, a great example would be like if you wanted to buy Binance Smart Chain tokens, you need BNB. That's the cryptocurrency. That's what they use to purchase these other tokens. And so now that there's different cryptocurrency blockchains that have their own cryptocurrencies, you need to find the correct decentralized exchange. So for example, if you wanted to buy something on the Binance Smart Chain network with BNB, you have to go to a decentralized exchange called PancakeSwap. That's a common one. If you wanted to do um, trading on the Ethereum blockchain, you'd have to go to something called Uniswap. If you wanted to go to the Polygon blockchain, you'd have to buy your uh, Matic tokens and use that as a cryptocurrency to buy tokens on the QuickSwap exchange. So there's different exchanges, different cryptocurrencies, and use those cryptocurrencies to buy the different tokens. So there's multiple levels, but you'll get to the hang of it once you send your cryptocurrency from a centralized exchange to a Web3 wallet. Mm Mm-hmm. What the Web3 wallet is, is essentially wallets that you can plug into these exchanges. So there's two really good wallets. The, you've got the MetaMask wallet, which I personally use, and then there's Trust Wallet. And so like, I always see people and they're like, oh, I want to buy this, but I don't know what I need to buy it. Like the pairings mm. that you need. How mm. do you find that out? Like, I guess, let's say someone's heard about this really cool token. Mm. How do you know where to go? Like what type of wallet and exchange you need to go to? How do you find that information? That is a very good question. Um, so the toughest thing about it is sometimes like, and this is the thing, you might find a great project and then you don't know whether it's on the Ethereum blockchain or if it's on the Polygon blockchain. What you have to do is go directly to the website, to the source of you know, the community and then find out whether it's on whichever blockchain. And then once you've discovered that, you need to copy that contract address, the actual address, and then go to the decentralized exchange like PancakeSwap and then paste that in and use that as what you're buying from. Because unfortunately, a lot of people loved, and this is a great story, right? So I was browsing Reddit one time and I found this token called Refinable. And it said, oh, Mr. Beast is part of the group. It's partnered by him. He's sponsoring, he's creating the token. And then essentially, I decided to put money to this token, put $288 into it. I didn't really think much of it. Later, I found out that it was a scam token. Like the real Refinable hadn't even been released yet. Oh right? my God. But then um, what actually happened was three days before the real release of the real token, people thought that the token I purchased was the real one. So everyone started buying this fake token, which I was luckily in early. And so what actually happened was my $288, I was able to withdraw $61,000 from that $288. Oh my and gosh. Unfortunately, like people thought it was the real token. And I just happened to be in really early. But um, yeah, so that's a very common issue. Like you get the exact same name. Um, but the contract address is different. There's a real one and there's a fake one. So that's really one thing that you need to be careful because Refinable hadn't even released their contract address. Yeah. So if you were looking out and about and you found you know something like this Refinable, but it wasn't even released from the real project yet, it's probably fake. And you might run into people like me who happen to buy early and unfortunately sell all my tokens for your tokens or your funds. So you got to be careful out there, guys. And another reminder to do your own research. Mm. I feel like that's going to be my tagline (laughs) this whole episode. So you were able to cash out, but we often see people can't. Mm. How does that happen? Why can't they cash out? So a common problem is you get into a token and you realize that there's not enough liquidity 
in the token to actually pull out your funds. And this happens because uh, people don't choose to, I guess, stake their tokens into the liquidity pool. Sometimes a tokenomic or the tokens might have a feature during the tax or the part of their contract where some of the sell or the buys actually go to funding that liquidity pool. So that's one really good tokenomic. So in the DeFi space, and one thing I love about it is this idea of composability. Whenever there's like a certain contract or a code, people can just copy it. And like, if there's a really cool tokenomic, like for example, auto buybacks is a really good one. Um, Reflections. Um, And Reflections is like, every time there's a transaction, you get paid out in another token or in the same token. Um, More of like, uh, I guess, passive investment or passive income. And then auto buyback is like, whenever there's a buy or sell, some token might go to a specific address and after every trigger is hit, that certain address automatically buys back some of the token, which I guess generally just keeps getting the price go up, up and up. Yeah. Essentially. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And tokenomics, if you haven't heard of that, that's kind of like the foundations or fundamentals behind a particular token mm. and why it's set up the way it is. Definitely. Something else that's really cool that you hear about in some projects is burn rates. Yes, yes. So burning is awesome kind of tokenomic that reduces the maximum supply of the token, which ultimately drives up the price of your token. So that's a really cool one that's in a lot of great tokens. Amazing. And I want to chat more about your experience with DeFi because obviously, you know, there's hundreds of articles and it's something that changes all the time, right? Yeah. It's really complex. If you are interested in this, you need to do your research. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about the fact that there's multiple exchanges that you're going to need different types of currencies to be able Correct. to buy. What about your experience? You've had some pretty cool wins. Yes. Are there any others that you want to share with us? Okay. So me being in the space, I've only been doing cryptocurrency for about eight months now. Pretty much the same time I started working at SwiftX. Um, being in the space, you kind of meet a lot of people and a lot of great developers and I guess coders and teams that create their own tokens. It's very easy, but it's also very important that you find a token that has utility. It does something and so in my space, in my time, I've been able to get into groups where they offer private sales. And in these private sales, I can happily invest into the token before it's released. Now, this is where, I guess, you do research to the max. I'm like looking in yes. directly with the developers, the team, the founder, liaising with them to asking them what their project looks like, the roadmap and all that stuff. Some of my biggest wins were, I guess, with this token, I put $2,000 in as a private investor. Um, and now it's worth around $210,000. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> I had to wait around six to seven months for that to mature. But yeah, it's great at the moment. Oh my gosh, isn't that crazy? Mm. And guys, there are obviously life-changing opportunities in the mm. DeFi space, but there's also a lot of loss and that's something that not many people talk about. Have you had any that you personally have just been shattered by? Oh, so I guess, but this is this is more of my own accord. I invested into a token called Save the World and it was a great, I guess, utility token. They take a small percentage of every buy and every sell, and they donate it towards charity, which is really cool, right? Um, I put $6,000 in, and then I was watching it late at night. There's one thing about this venturing off into DeFi, you realize that you'll be up late at night. Always on your phone. <laughs> digging, yeah, looking for gems. And so one time I was up late at night, it was around 2 a.m., and I noticed that the token had doubled, which is great. I pulled out my initial investment, okay? I want to obviously reduce my risk. And then I came into the office the next day, and the remaining tokens had gone up to around $40,000. What? Right, and I was like, "Yes, I'm cheering. This is awesome. I'm I'm happy. I'm great." And then um, I come home and I realize, after a few days, it just trickled all the way down to like two thousand dollars. And so I could have pulled out a lot of money, but uh, I guess I still made some profit, which is great. But I haven't had too many huge losses. I think 
if you're talking about my losses, I've had a lot of consistent small losses yeah. <laughs> buying into rugs or honey pots and stuff like that. So overall, my losses are somewhat substantial as well, but not in comparison to what, what my current profits are. But this is all due to like really, really good research, obviously, and then reducing your risk when it comes to trading. Yeah. So you just spoke about pulling out your initial investment, which is a great mm. strategy. Mm. Are there any other things that you would say are like essential must-haves to either look into before you purchase or things that you can do to reduce your risk? Uh, so there's a few things that you want to make sure you do when you buy a new token. I always, number one, check the community. Okay. So I look at all their discords, Twitter, Telegram, the website. I read the white paper, all that stuff. And then I look at the characteristics of the token. And so that includes, like we spoke before, liquidity, how many tokens do the high wallets have? Am I going to get rugged? And I guess the price and what, what everything else is like around the token. So those are a few things I look into before I get into things. Um, and when it comes to private sales, some few key things when I look into investing into long-term projects is like one utility, like what does it actually do? Does it solve a problem? Is there some value that it brings to the community? Is it new? Okay. And then I also look at uh, what are the passive income? What kind of yield can I generate using these tokens? Because that's one thing that's substantial. That's, it's very, very important in the DeFi space. People want to use their money to make more money. Yeah. So I think if you find a token that happens to have some great yield farming or capabilities to flip and make more, those are some things I really, really look out for. And obviously one rule of thumb that I do when I invest, it's more of like in the crypto space, if I can't see myself holding it for more than a year, then I probably wouldn't invest into it unless I'm looking to maybe do a quick flip. But even that, that's more high risk, high reward. Yeah. yeah. And it is something that, you know, you need to go into it with strategy, I think, mm. as well. Um, other guys, it is almost just like throwing your money away. Right. Like, and just yeah. hoping that yeah. something works. Gosh. Um, so now you're part of some pretty cool groups. Before that, where did you find new projects to invest in? Oh, I was definitely a Reddit hunter. Reddit <laughs> hunter, 2, 3 a.m. Um, the Americans post a lot of at night and stuff like that. And uh, I looked onto Telegram groups. Telegram groups, Earlier this year were actually very, very great, but now they're just flooded with bots. Mm. And and if you guys get into Discord where it's kind of like the next kind of community forum group to join, you're also going to get a lot of bots that they say, hey, this is a great token. This is a great NFT purchase this and stuff like that. And I'm like, no, at this point, I don't really talk to anyone else on Telegram or Twitter or, or Discord unless I know the person. Yeah. Because right now there's just so many people coming to hit you up, especially not even in DeFi, but also in normal like centralized exchanges. We have people pretending to be SwiftX employees contacting users and customers and be like, hey, this is a new token or you just want some Bitcoin and stuff like that. So you just got to be really aware of everyone you talk to. Yes. And guys, that will never happen from SwiftX. So never. if you are ever unsure, jump on customer support. Mm -hmm. You might even chat to you or yes. Justin or someone else <laughs> that we've already had on the pod and just jump in chat and say, hey, I've got this. Is it real? Mm -hmm. I guarantee you it's probably not. Really fake. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And so when we're speaking about the world of DeFi, mm -hmm. it is something that's completely unregulated, which mm. we've spoken about before. Something that is cool is, I guess, once these projects, if you've done the research, they're going to be around for a long time. Mm. Most of them will then be picked up with an exchange. Right. And SwiftX at the moment are listing a lot of assets, which is yes. really cool. So is there anything you can think of that, I guess, knowing and really backing the technology yourself is something that is going to, I guess, give it more of a chance of being listed on an exchange. Is there anything else that exchanges look for? to be able to have that on there? That is a great question. Um, so the project I have been looking into a lot recently only just announced that they have been 
successfully part of the Binance incubation program. And so the project has been working for months and months. And I believe they had slowly taken steps to one, get listed on CoinGecko and then get listed on CoinMarketCap. And then they approached Binance with like, hey, this is my project. This is, this is what we're doing. This is the technology we have. And then Binance goes through a heavy, heavy vetting list and double checks everything they do, double checks the utility, the legitimacy and stuff like that. And if they can get through that, I guess, vetting through them, then they'll, they'll generally come out to a lot of different other exchanges. So if the technology provides real value and it's, I think something that doesn't happen a lot or um, something that's very new and there's a long-term team working on the project and it actually is getting things done, then they'll most likely get listed on exchanges and eventually be onto SwiftX. So you guys can buy stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. And roadmaps are another really cool part, yes. I think. Yeah, um, especially having a dev background myself, like understanding what they're going to work on in the future. That's what a roadmap gives you. Mm. And if you can see that that's perhaps offline or not mm. there, or hasn't got much <laughs> promise in its future, you know, maybe that's not yeah. a project to look into. But if you can see there's a lot of thought going into that roadmap and even just looking yeah. that they have those steps you've just mentioned on there, yeah. they're working towards those. That's um, mm-hmm. usually a sign of good thing. Yes. And when you're looking at these roadmaps, you've got to be really careful about what they say. Like a really, really scammy kind of looking roadmap is if it says, oh, by Q3 2022, we want the token price to be this much. Mate, you can't you can't decide the token price. That shouldn't be a goal. You should be focusing on providing value. Yes. And that's very important when you're looking at investing. Yeah, building the tech. Mm, that's not right. Building a token. Not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love this. Right. Amazing. All right. So we have covered so much in this. Yeah. Is there any other advice that you give someone who's wanting to venture into that world of DeFi? I think you guys definitely need to have a friend or a partner or a group of friends that bounce off ideas and you look into things together. Uh, because if you're on your own, it's very, very easy to just fall into traps yourself. But if you have another pair of eyes or a few eyes to be like, hey, you know, this token actually looks like a rug or why does three wallets have 80% of the supply? Yeah, I think in this kind of space specifically, but this frontier of cryptocurrency, you got to be very careful. And having friends that can look into things as well with you, that's like the best thing you can do. I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been epic and such a great conversation to have. And we'll pop some blogs and links in the show notes for you guys. And we will chat to you very soon. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I love you. Love the podcast. (laughs) Love the fam. I love that too. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.